Greetings and welcome to this episode of Everybody's Business, a podcast from the National Entrepreneur Center. I'm glad you're listening today. And with me is the ever gracious Rachel Madsen. I don't ever get tired of hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> and you you go home and play it over and over oh, and over, yeah. right? Oh yeah, I mean, it's just on replay. Well, <laughs> Loop, it, looping it. <laughs> that's right. Well, and sometimes it's the lovely and talented Rachel Madsen. Yeah. Uh, but the always efficient Rachel Madsen <laughs> is with us today. Um, I was thinking on the way in, uh, I've had lots of conversations with entrepreneurs and sometimes people know exactly what they want to do and they have an idea and they have the experience and the knowledge to do that. Um, but I'm not that kind of an entrepreneur. No. <laughs> I'm kind of, you know, the jack of all trades, master of none. And, right. and uh, as a creative, I have lots of different creative ideas. And so uh, I find myself sometimes trying to to coach and counsel a business that knows exactly what they want to do. Uh, when I found that a lot of my entrepreneur ventures, uh, I just kind of happened into, or I looked at something and had a better idea. So I look back at my past as an entrepreneur and I've, I've been in, um, in real estate. I've, I've owned ATM machines. Uh, <laughs> I bought the patent for a folding cardboard binocular and tried to sell those as promotional items. Quite a rap sheet already. It, it is. It's a rap <laughs> sheet of, of ideas that uh, some worked pretty well. Uh, other ones, I had to go to my, my advisors and say, what were you thinking to let me, <laughs> let me go off on this tangent? Uh, have you had a lot of things that you you juggle at different times and all of a sudden you look around and go, what was I thinking? Oh, yeah, um, for sure. There's times, I mean, even just being a student, you're trying to volunteer, keep up with family, work and all those things. And then you're just like, you know, you got to find your me time in, in between. And, and I used to eat in my car a lot <laughs> just to save that time. <laughs> to be a little more efficient, yeah. you know, maybe I'll work in dinner on the, the way home. Yep. My uh, lap is big enough for the plates. So yeah. it works. <laughs> and, and people thought texting was dangerous. Yeah. I, I'm a pretty good eater and driver. I'll say that. <laughs> uh, as long as you keep your eyes on the road, right? Never had a ticket. Knock on wood, everybody. <laughs> well, it's, it's those, uh, it's a, it's that creative piece that you say, sometimes I, I see an idea and I think I can do that better. Mm -hmm. uh, there's sometimes I see an idea and I think that will make a lot of money. Uh, but what I've learned over time is to, to look at an idea or a, an opportunity and say, is that an opportunity for me? Right. Or Be honest with yourself. Yeah. On that. <laughs> or is this really an opportunity for someone else? Mm -hmm. uh, and when I drive into work, you know, it just breaks my heart to see uh, a business that's boarded up because that was someone's yeah. dream. And yet uh, for me to try to learn a business, you know, let's say the restaurant business, you know, I, I may look at it and say, I, I think I could do that better. But by the, by the time you learn that industry and you get involved with everything that it takes to make that particular business work, um, you really don't know enough about that industry. And so that would be a, an opportunity for someone else. <laughs> and so just as much, uh, just as important as it is to understand what it is you do and and what you're good at, what you have a skill for or experience to do, uh, just as important as knowing what not to do. <laughs> because I've had a few of those that I uh, said, how can I get out of this business <laughs> any faster? <laughs> hey, but we're learning from our mistakes. <laughs> that, that's right. It's, it's, uh, I think Edison says, uh, I haven't failed. I've found 9,900 ways it didn't work. 100%. I exactly. Agree with that. <laughs> and so I've, I've tried a lot of businesses that I found that wasn't the business for me. Uh, but in doing that, you, you always learn something, you move forward. And when you do find the one that is for you, uh, then you're, you're uh, able to move forward in a way with a lot of experience that you've learned on what not to do. <laughs> right? A hundred percent. Who do we have today? We have E. Mackey. He's the founder of Dope Heart Media. Dope Heart Media. Yep. Right. Right. Uh, he's a, quite an entrepreneur. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. <laughs> re really looking forward to hearing about all the companies that he's juggling. Sounds like a plan. So we'll get with E. Mackey when we come back from this. The National Entrepreneur Center in Orlando, Florida, has been around since 2003 and today is home to 14 business support organizations who have a single mission to help you grow your business. Through free business coaching, low-cost training, and valuable business connections, these 14 business support organizations assist thousands of entrepreneurs each year in starting, growing, and scaling their businesses. So why not visit the website at nationalec.org today or give us a call 
at 407-420-4848 to discover how you might take your business to the next level. And by the way, the National Entrepreneur Center is funded entirely through local sponsors, which include Walt Disney World Resort, the University of Central Florida, the City of Orlando, and Orange County government, just to name a few. So let's get connected today and get growing. Check out our website at nationalec.org. Greetings and welcome to Everybody's Business, a podcast from the National Entrepreneur Center in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Jerry Ross, the president of the National Entrepreneur Center, and I'd like to thank the folks that make this happen. Uh, we couldn't do this without the sponsorship of State Farm Insurance. Uh, we have with us today uh, E. Mackey, and E. Mackey is a director, cinematographer, and editor from originally from Miami, Florida. He began his career in 2002. He first found notoriety as a rapper a fashion designer, and an entrepreneur. His experience in the music and fashion industries afforded him the opportunity to work with various celebrities while his business ventures led him to worldwide travel. In 2012, he founded what would become Dope Heart Media, a multimedia company that provided graphic design, photography, video production to local businesses and individuals. By 2018, he had completed over 500 projects, traveled to over 14 countries and expanded his client list to include some of the world's most recognizable brands, including Twitter, Google, Mercedes-Benz, Toyota, Hennessy, and many more. He decided to pursue a career in film and earned his master's of fine arts in film production at Full Sail University. And he graduated with a perfect 4.0 GPA. Not long after graduation, he would create Black Spades, a lifestyle brand that is most known for its luxury spades decks and premium products. Always the creator, he is currently producing a video series on IGTV that focuses on business, marketing, and creativity. And so we are we are proud and honored to welcome Mackie to a, our podcast today. Thank you for taking time for us. Thank you for uh, having me. I'm flattered and honored. Well, it's, it's great to have you. Uh, tell me about what you're doing and, and all the things you got going currently. Okay, so I actually actually needed to send you an updated bio. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, See, I can't keep up with you, man. <laughs> I can't keep up with you, to be honest. So um, I'll reach here real quick. I actually, um, I actually uh, just completed a book. It's called Lift Every Voice. Lift Every Voice. Yes, 300-page photo book, but basically it... Um, documents the black experience in America. And um, it was inspired by uh, the fact that over the summer, I traveled to about 11 different cities um, documenting the protests as they were happening. And so um, I was working with a lot of different news outlets and like getting photos and everything to them. And then I realized, can I have like 10,000 photos? And I, I thought I could make a photo book. And so it's basically a photo book, but of what happened over the summer, but then a history of how we got there. So that's currently what I'm working on right now is just getting that book promoted. And so, and so is that out? Oh yeah, yeah, that's out right now. So how, how do we, how do people get one? So you can you can get a book by going to lifteveryvoicebook.com. Lifteveryvoicebook.com. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So I I am behind already. <laughs> and that's that's my fault. That's my fault because I probably could have gotten you that information but that's all right so, so that's why you have to listen to the show that's why people have to listen to the show to get the the, the uh, most updated information so tell me what else you have going um so other than that i am right now in the middle of a six-week uh program where i'm teaching six seven eighth graders uh remotely um at a school in charlotte north carolina uh about photography um, so that's one thing that I have going on and I'm currently working with the Gantt Center. It's like a African-American museum in North Carolina, um, on potentially having an exhibit to display some of my work from the summer. So besides the book, I'm shaping young minds or helping to shape young minds. <laughs> well, and, and that's so important now, uh, especially with people being home. Uh, a lot of, of kids are being homeschooled. Uh, having to to engage with technology to, for what they used to you know just take for granted going to school and so having someone like you that's that's creative that can provide that that kind of uh, engaging content 
uh, I'm sure is very helpful. So how did you get tied into doing that? Um, so a representative from the museum actually reached out to me on Instagram. And uh, when they were when they were putting the program together, um, she she asked me, hey, well, well, she said, hey, we're putting together this program where we want um, an artist to come in and teach uh, sixth, seventh and eighth graders about photography. And we wanted to know if you would come in as a consultant to help us figure out how to structure the program. And so I was like, yeah, no problem at all. And then somehow in the middle of me consulting with them, uh, it became, hey, Mackie, so do you want to teach the program? And I was like, uh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool. But the museum is called the Harvey B. Gantt Center, and it's in um, Charlotte, North Carolina. And, you know, the, the person that reached out is in charge of their education. So I guess it's her job is to do educational outreach to the community. So um, the program is done with a middle school called Marie, Marie G. Davis. Uh -huh. So, um, yeah, so that was what it was. She just reached out to me on Instagram and the rest was history. And, and you're there. You're doing it. So tell me about uh, how you first found notoriety as a rapper, a fashion designer and an entrepreneur. Ooh, OK, so a bridge version. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I grew up uh, relatively poor. And um, when I when I uh, was in high school, the high school that I went to, all the popular kids like dressed a certain way, like had all these nice, fancy name brand clothing. And I was relatively popular um, just because I was an athlete. I played baseball. I was our baseball captain. And um, I was just really outspoken and known and everybody knew me around campus. But I, I was a weird kind of popular because I wasn't popular because I was flashy. I was just popular because I was personable. And sure. so um, one day in class, a guy came in in the t-shirt with a Daffy Duck that was drawn on it, like painted on it. And everybody like crowded around him and was like, oh man, that's so cool. And I remember I'm an artist and I was like, man, but that Daffy Duck is like poorly drawn. <laughs> <laughs> I could do that better. Yeah. And so <laughs> when I saw that he didn't get ridiculed and teased for having a shirt that he created himself, I was like, oh, so I can do that. So I just started designing my own clothing at school. Um, so fast forward a little bit, uh, I had a baseball scholarship at Albany State uh, University in Albany, Georgia. And um, when I went, we were a championship team. So we practiced all day, like all day. When we weren't in class, we were at practice. So you didn't really have time to um, make any money, like have a job. So I would just design clothes, you know, on my free time and sell it to students so that I could eat. Sure. Um, not long after that, I transferred to school to go to school in Tallahassee. Um, I went to Florida State and I realized the engineering degree that I wanted to pursue. I was like, I just I feel like I'm too creative to sit here and do math all day. So I changed my major to fashion design, got into music and realized that I could use clothing like personalized clothing as like an incentive for DJs to start playing my music and just kind of started doing fashion shows and throwing parties. And just doing everything that I could on my own to promote my different, the different things that I was doing. And so that's kind of what it was. It just kind of grew from there. Sure. And, and that's the entrepreneur story, you know, that sometimes people say, I didn't set out to be an entrepreneur. I just, I, I wanted to eat yeah, <laughs> or I, yeah. I, I needed to yeah. make some money. And, and they found a way to do that using, using their skills. And, and you did that. Yeah, they say necessity is the mother of invention. And so, I, I mean, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Because everything that I do, it came from some necessity of some sort or not having some resource and um, saying, well, I just have to figure out how to do it myself. So then monetizing it. Right. And, and that's the big thing. You know, a lot of times you can do something you love, uh, but if it doesn't make money, it's a hobby. Uh, it, it, it takes, uh, monetizing that to, to make a business run. What, what was it about those businesses that you liked the most? What drew you into that? I think, I think for me at the end of the day, I'm an artist, I'm a creator. And so I feel like I just, I, I have to be creating. If I'm not creating something, I'm not happy. And so, you know, at the beginning of the show, we talked, Oh, I got this new thing going. And it's, <laughs> it's always like that because like, if I'm, if I'm not creating, I am miserable. And so it was just, you know, just a, a 
a deep passion to create and not want to feel stifled or in the box or I can't create because I have to go to work or I can't create because of this. And so it was, I want to create and I need to figure out how do I get paid to do what I love to do so I can continue doing what I love to do. And, and that's, uh, you found it. And, and uh, there's a lot of people uh, that live their whole life looking for that and, and don't get there. Uh, where you say, I, I can't believe people pay me to do this. I would do oh, this. Yeah. I'd do this for free. And and yet when when you find that uh, connection between profitability and passion, uh, then then you say I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. Uh, so how would how would someone connect with you? Uh, we, we talked about the book, but also, uh, your fashion, your, your other things, how, how would someone, uh, reach out and, and connect with you? Well, the, the most efficient way is probably Instagram, to be honest. Okay. Um, I get a gazillion messages a day, but, um, <laughs> I, tr- I try to check them all. I try to check them all. So, um, Instagram is probably the best way. And it's at Emacky creates at Emacky Creates. You can connect with Emacky by visiting his Instagram at Emacky Creates. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about his entrepreneur uh, outlook and his, his advice for you in running a small business. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Jerry Ross coming to you from the National Entrepreneur Center. I'm coming to you from my home office because our staff as well is working remotely. But we're working remotely to serve the small businesses in Central Florida. If you have a need, if you want to get connected, there are many ways to do that with the National Entrepreneur Center. So we are still answering your calls. We are still answering your email. In fact, we've been pretty busy these last few months, even working remotely to launch the new online learning platform in partnership with The Lonely Entrepreneur out of New York City, who had about 300 learning modules uh, of content readily available. And we've made a partnership to make that available to you for free while you're working remote. So while you may be home working alone, you don't have to be alone because the National Entrepreneur Center and our 14 resident organizations have one mission, and that's to help you grow your business. And we're back. You're listening to Everybody's Business, a podcast from the National Entrepreneur Center in Orlando, Florida. I want to say thanks to our sponsor, State Farm Insurance. Without them, this wouldn't be happening. Uh, but also to the staff of the National Entrepreneur Center, who, who make it all ha- happen here every day. Uh, today, we're talking with E. Mackey, an entrepreneur extraordinaire. Uh, Mackey, what's your advice for someone starting a business today? Um, my advice for someone starting a business today would be to start the business today. I think like a lot of times people wait for the wait for everything to be right. They wait, well, when the kids are when the kids are raised or when I have this done or when I have that done. And so I think that that is the I think a lot of times that's the biggest hindrance of people starting is just that they don't start. So it would definitely be start the business today. And then also to believe in what it is that you've created. Um, One thing that I've realized is that there is a need for almost every idea. Like there is a need in the market for almost every idea. Just some ideas are sit at the top and then some ideas require a little bit of work to sprout. But if you have an idea, if you have a passion for it, there is a market for it. You just kind of got to find it. So start the day and be unrelenting in your pursuit of what it is that you want to create. That's valuable advice. Uh, I I uh, tell a joke about three frogs sitting on a log and one decided that they were going to jump off and there were still three frogs sitting on the log because they <laughs> never followed through with it. They just talked about it. <laughs> so, uh, what's one thing that an entrepreneur, having gone through your experience, what's one thing that an entrepreneur uh, should absolutely do or absolutely not do? Um, I'll say absolutely do. And it is, you should absolutely, well, let me, let me back up. I think the first things that you should do as an entrepreneur, and I guess just in life in general, is eliminate the idea of failure. Like just eliminate that whole concept from your mind. Like I don't, I don't believe in failure other than not execute, right? And so what I replaced 
failure with is varying levels of success. And so if you, if in your mind, you've already had a, you know, this outlook where I can't fail, I can only succeed to varying levels. I think that it removes a good deal of hesitation. So for example, I had a friend of mine um, a few years ago that told me that they felt like they had failed college. And I'm like, why you, why you think that? And so they were like, well, because I didn't finish and I only have like a year to go. And I'm like, but how is that failing? And they said, because I didn't finish. And I said, but you, you finished three years. So I was like, it's not that you failed, you successfully completed three years. You can go back anytime. You bet. So eliminate the idea of failure. And um, there was another one uh, that I always tell people, I want to tell you, but it's no such thing as failure. And the other one will come back to me. And I'll tell you. But it'll, it'll come. Were, were there times where you were scared? Um, no, to be honest with you. Um, I think my biggest fear was having to ask somebody for permission to live my life. Right? So if there was a marriage or a funeral or a birth, I don't have any children yet, but, you know, just living a life where I have to ask somebody permission to live my life. And so while some people fear setting out and not being successful, my fear was having to work at a job for somebody else. Like it, I was definitely afraid of that. And so I was, it made me, it made me willing to, I'm okay with eating beans. I'm okay with eating noodles, you know? I mean, not so much now. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you do what you do what you have to do to make it. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, it, and, and if, it, if it came to it where it was, OK, this is this idea that I have and I have to put everything into it and I have to sell everything. I do it with no hesitation. So um, I think that um, if there was a fear, it was just being afraid of living a life where you work somewhere for 30 years. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It just wasn't my life path. Um, Cause I would love for somebody to work for me for 30 years, but um, it just was not being free to just live life, you know, on my own terms. Sure. And, and sometimes uh, when you're, when you're in a situation where you're working to pay the bills, uh, it's really hard to, to get out of that uh, uh, mindset of I've, I've got to make, bills by the end of the week. Uh, and you don't trade that when you become an entrepreneur. You, you get, as an entrepreneur, there were many times where I said, I don't know how I'm going to pay payroll at the end of the week. Oh, but, yeah. but I got out of bed and said, somebody's buying for me today. They just don't know it yet. Exactly. And you make it happen. Uh, was there any a piece of advice uh, that you got along the way or any person that uh, along the way that, that helped you stay on the path? Um, hmm. I think that um, for me, I was blessed to have several people, right? And and it was it was it's interesting because when I think back on it, it's it's almost like angels that were placed in the right place at the right time with the exact right whatever. So at one time I was homeless, right? I was living out of a car, and um, I met one of my best friends today. She's one of my best friends now. And um, I was doing some T-shirts for uh, the radio station. The artist T-Pain, he had just released his song, I'm Sprung, so he was just becoming famous. And um, he was from Tallahassee, and I was going to school in Tallahassee at the time, so he was doing, like, a concert. And the radio station had asked me to design, like, custom shirts for the radio station because they saw a shirt that I had done for him. And so um, at the time, she was a radio personality. She came to pick up the shirts for me. Um, and she, uh, I came, I sat in the car with her, I give her the shirts and then we just began a conversation and she was just asking about me and everything. And I was like, well, I, I really don't have a place to live right now. And so she was like, really? And so she was like, I actually have two apartments. You can live in one of mine. And I was like, what? Like just right there. And it was, it was her that kind of, she, she gave me, like, I knew that there were things that I wanted to do. I knew that I had the potential to do them, but I hadn't been exposed to anything. And so she basically poured so much compliments and so many, like so much um, positivity into me 
that at times I thought she was lying. I was like, why are you cute? <laughs> you don't think that. But she just really built up my confidence. She gave me a place to live. She introduced me to people. And then it just kind of was a domino effect of meeting this person when I needed exactly what they had to offer and meeting that person. And, you know, so I, I can't really say that there was any one person, but it was really like a village of people that just poured into me. And I'm like just immensely grateful for it. Those are angels that appear uh, when you least expect it. And, and, and I've been there as well where uh, I was, I was thought, I, I'm not sure how I'm going to do this. And those angels appear. And so, uh, but uh, I find it interesting that here you were uh, living in your car, working t-shirts. And uh, I asked you earlier if you were ever scared and, and you said no. And, and so it's having that mindset that, yeah, I'm here. I, I may be down, but I'm not out. And it's not how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times you get back up. Mm -hmm. And so as an entrepreneur, if you're out there listening to this today, it's not about those times you get knocked down. It's about the times you, you get up. And this is a team sport. It's not a solo sport. So reach out, get help uh, from those that you you can connect with. Uh, it may be friends and family. It may be those organizations that we talk about every week. The Small Business Development Center. Uh, it's it's near you. So go to the Small Business Development Center websites. Uh, find one near you, reach out, get help. It's free. Uh, SCORE, uh, the Senior Corps of Retired Executives. They're volunteers that are are dedicated to helping you grow your business. And they're close to you wherever you are when you're listening to this. And so we're going to be back. We're talking with an entrepreneur extraordinaire, E. Mackey. And uh, don't go away. We'll be right back with more. The Nash Entrepreneur Center has made it easy for you to learn business principles from anywhere, at any time, with NEC Online. As a supplement to all the great resources at the Nash Entrepreneur Center, you now have free access to over 300 learning modules that you can access at any time. Thanks to the generous sponsorship of Wells Fargo and our partnership with The Lonely Entrepreneur, you can access this powerful online learning platform for free. Learn on your own time and at your own pace. Access product reviews and participate in weekly group coaching opportunities. Right now, the only thing missing is you. So check out our online learning platform today at nationalec.org. That's nationalec.org. Did I mention it's free? And we're back. You're listening to Everybody's Business, a podcast from the National Entrepreneur Center. If you have a question that you would like to submit, hello at nationalec is the, is the way to do it. So send us your questions and we'll, we'll answer them for you, either directly or on the air. Uh, we're talking with E. Mackey and... Uh, entrepreneur extraordinaire here that has a whole lot of businesses going on. Uh, but I'd like to uh, go back to the book uh, that you were chronicling uh, from the summer of, of 2020. Uh, let, let's talk about the, the social justice movement that, that you know, has been uh, really on the forefront of, of everyone's mind for the last, over the last year, but, but it's been something that has been, uh, brewing for, for decades. So tell me about your experience and, and what you've seen and what you've learned from that. Oh man. Um, so I've, <laughs> I've seen a lot, a lot of, a lot of crazy stuff. Um, so it was, it was a, um, it, it was, it was a really transformative experience altogether because the the thing is, on the surface, everybody feels like, well, the, the summer exposed a lot about racial injustice and everything, right? But what I learned when I was out there is that it exposed a lot of things outside of racial, you know, it, at least for me as an individual. And so one of the things was, you know, LGBTQ plus rights, right? Women's rights. And it, it just, it, it really showed me a lot because when I was out there, the group of people that you would ex have expected to be out there, like black men, black people, it really wasn't that, you know what I mean? It was, it was a rainbow of different people. Certainly was. Yeah. And so just to me, when I was there to see, and you know, doing the book, I interviewed a lot of people and I'm interviewing white people, black people, gay people, straight people that had been injured or wounded or telling stories of people that lost their lives to fight for somebody like me. And it really opened up my mind, you know, to kind of investigate, wow, who, who am I? And like, what, 
what have I done to fight for those that have fought for me? And so in my own personal journey, I know that it strengthened me and made me or inspired me to be a better man toward women, a better person toward communities that I'm not necessarily a part of, but to be an advocate for everybody and everybody's rights. So that, I mean, to me, that's what I learned overall. Uh, what, what drew you to that as, as a creative? Uh, um, to I mean, the movement, to going out? Yeah. Oh, because I'm a black guy. So, <laughs> so, um, so I've, I've had, so, so these issues that, that black people speak about are actual real issues. Like I am honestly afraid of police. Like I am. I've had several encounters with police where I've had a couple encounters where police have pointed a gun at me. Um, one of which my first time when a police pointed a gun at me, I was doing a photo shoot, like just minding my business, doing a photo shoot, a photo shoot. And it was clear that it was a photo shoot. And so um, I'm out there, I'm getting everything together. And uh, I just see these cops or these people, this person say, everybody get your hands up, everybody get your hands up now. And I turned around. And when I turned around, the police officer had the gun pointed at my forehead. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. So in, in that moment, my brain is trying to figure out, well, what did I do wrong? Like, I'm trying to figure out what did I do or what did I do that could have been perceived as something wrong? Like, why is it a gun being pointed at me? And um, it was just a nonsense situation. They were like, well, somebody called and said somebody out here had a gun. And I was like, it's clearly no guns out here, you know? Right. And I was just thinking like how I could have died. And so anyway, to get to your, to get to your question, there have been so many interactions that I've had with police officers that I thought were just ridiculous that when I see something like Ahmaud Aubrey being killed, even though he wasn't killed by a retired police officer, but you know, when I see Philando Castile and like all these different people being killed and it being no justice, as a black person that lives that, it, it, it's infuriating, it's frustrating. And then you get to a point where you either give up hope or you get inspired to do something. And so to me, I was like, I don't have any political influence. I don't have millions of dollars, but I have a voice and I have a talent and this can be my contribution. You know, somewhere somebody writes a sign and holds up a sign and walks in the street. And that person could be seen by a few hundred people immediate, immediately out there. But I said, well, my camera, I can shoot a photo of that and that thing can burn like wildfire on the internet and thousands can see that message. And so I just said, you know, if I go out and I take a couple photos and just a few more people get the message, then I help. But that was what inspired me was just feeling frustrated with everything and just hating the fact that I felt powerless, you know? And so it was kind of a way to try to take some power back by just documenting. Well, and, and I find that uh, a lot of people were, were talking about social justice and as if it was just a, a current issue happening at this time. And, and it's much like those folks that uh, look at an entrepreneur's success and say, you know, that was an overnight success. And you say, no, that was a 15-year overnight success. Yeah, or, I say or, that all the time. That's a 15 years to be an overnight success. Exactly. And so uh, I... I, I point that out to people to say this wasn't uh, an issue that just came about. This is an issue that's been out there for a long time, but a lot of the communities were not aware. Uh, or if they were aware, they, they said, you know, I'm, I'm for you, I'm working for you. And, and, you know, talking about it only goes so far. Uh, it's, it's about getting involved and, and taking action to say, what am I going to do personally to, to impact change? Yeah. And I think that's important. And that, and that goes back to what I was saying about when I was out there, I, and I'll, I'll speak about women's issues, right? So I remember when there, when the women's march happened, I, I honestly thought to myself, oh boy, here we go. And I was annoyed. And I was just like, so I, I don't think that I have any problem with women. I don't, like, I love women, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but there was an ignorance that I had to the woman's experience. You know what I mean? That made me dismissive of that experience. And it wasn't me being dismissive because I was hateful of women or it wasn't like a misogynistic thing. It was simply because that was not my lived experience. So I couldn't relate to it. 
And so when I was out during the protest to see so many women fight for me, I was ashamed. And I was like, wow, here they are fighting, getting mangled up, some of them dying for my rights. And then when they were fighting to be heard, I was part of that problem. And so I, I don't, what I learned out there is that a lot of times it's not that people are hateful. It's that people are ignorant, <laughs> you know? Right, and, right. And people live in bubbles. And so I live in a bubble as a male where I live in a society where the society is kind of set up more for my benefit with what I do as, you, you get what I mean? Yes. And so to dismantle that system, I think that it's not enough to say, oh, we need to change something. We need to change ourselves. And so now I'm like a super advocate for women, especially black women, you know, and now I'm an advocate for, you know, LGBTQ rights, because these were these were topics and issues that I lived in a bubble outside of. And it there was no reason for me to really think more deeply or critically about it because it didn't touch me. Right. And so. And so uh, I had a similar experience where uh, I, I was trying to understand. I was trying to learn. I read the book White Fragility. And, and there were pieces of that that I was I was ignorant. And, and I would look at it and say, I, I just didn't know. And, and, and then you felt ashamed that you say, I, I've said those things. I've done those things thinking that I was being inclusive and, and all of that. And yet uh, it brought me to a, a higher level of learning. And, and that, I think, uh, was one of those uh, issues where I, I as an, an old white guy, uh, didn't, didn't understand. I didn't get. And then you become ashamed that I didn't do more. Uh, to, to help prevent this. But now we can be part of that change. Uh, and yeah, because I, I felt horrible. Like, <laughs> just when I sat down and I thought about it, and, and you know, like you said, you, you just didn't know, you know? There are people that just are hateful. There are people that hate Black people. There are people that hate gay people. There are people that hate women. And so I think a lot of times when we are not hateful people, we think, oh, well, that doesn't apply to me because I'm not hateful. You know what I mean? Right. My best right. friends are women. So I, I can't be a part of that. But you are a part of it sometimes without even realizing that you're a part of it. Unwittingly and unknowingly. Yeah. So I just had to sit down and really think about how I wanted to show up as a human being and the type of person that I wanted to be. And I had to try to do my best to reconcile some of the things that I didn't know. You know, and now, like I said, be more of an advocate and the voice for the people that were an advocate and the voice for me. So you bet, you bet. Uh, we're going to come back and talk more. We'll be right back with E. Mackey. Looking to start or develop your business? Get educated. Get coached. Get finance. The National Entrepreneur Center. Be in business for yourself, not by yourself. And we're back at Everybody's Business, a podcast from the National Entrepreneur Center. I'm Jerry Ross, your host. I'm also president of the National Entrepreneur Center. And if you uh, have business questions, if you need help in business, you can connect with us. NationalEC.org is our website. Uh, we have a, an online learning platform that you can connect with from anywhere. That's funded by Wells Fargo. And it's free to you. That doesn't mean it's without cost because we have our sponsors that cover those costs for you wherever you are. Today we're talking with E. Mackey, uh, a serial entrepreneur who is, who is uh, uh, a, a fascinating uh, aspect of the social justice conversation that we've had, was uh, traveling the country during that time, capturing some of that uh, timeline, some of that historical events. Uh, how many cities did you visit, Mackey? I visited 11 cities throughout the summer. So I just kind of bounced around from place to place. I was keeping my eye on the news to see what was going on and just bouncing around. 
And so uh, when you would visit these cities, uh, how would you engage? Um, so basically what I would do is ahead of going to a city, I would like make an announcement on my social media, say, hey, I'm going to XYZ place. Does anybody know anybody there? And then, you know, my followers would like flood me with messages and say, talk to this person. They're in charge of X, Y, Z or talk to that person. They're the person that's putting together this rally. And so I was actually blessed to be able to be connected with like the appropriate people almost everywhere that I went. It's amazing that we can use technology to do that now. Uh, Would you say it's easier or harder today uh, to make connections in business? Um, I... I have to say it's easier. I mean, I have to say it's exponentially easier um, with the advent of, you know, the technology. So right now you connect with people in business that you've never even met in, you know, I have relationships for years because there, there were people that I had I had done work for um, with Dopart Media um, that I had been working with for years and then finally met them in person. So, I mean, I think that it'd be a whole lot easier to do business now. Like, we're literally doing an interview right now. We haven't met in person. So, yeah, I think it's exponentially easier now. Yeah, I mean, we've been friends for, what, 30, 40 minutes here? (laughs) (laughs) It is easier to uh, use the technology today to connect. Uh, What advice would you have uh, for a business person moving forward as we we start to move out of COVID? what kind of advice would you give to someone that's either starting a business or is already in business and looking to to take it to the next level? Um, I would say to utilize the tools that we have at our disposal, particularly the technology. Um, I know it's kind of cliche at this point, but social media is so powerful. And I mean, sometimes it can be a little intimidating, but the good thing about it is the information is on the internet. So You can YouTube whatever you need to know about how to build your social media following, how to not only build the following, because I think so so many people get so wrapped up in the following, the follower count, that they ignore engaging the following and being able to actually convert the following. You know, Um, there's a lot that you can do with 5,000 followers. You know what I mean? Like you could you could pay bills legitimately with a following of about 5,000 people, which is not very difficult to, to get if you know how to engage them properly. You know, so I'd say immerse yourself in, in educating, in education of how to leverage the tools that you have because that technology part, the social media part will save you a lot of time and a lot of money in a lot of ways and actually help you raise a lot of money. I've raised so much money um, and startup capital for things that I wanted to do just for my following. So, well, because, because they're active and engaged, it's, it's not just that, you know, let me count the numbers of people. It's how many of those people are, are active and engaged with what, what you're doing. And that is driven by good, creative, uh, relevant content. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that content is, is more easily created than what you might think. So for example, um, what I found over the years is that, so this company here, Black's Page, is one of the ones that you mentioned um, at the start of the show. Right. And it's the lifestyle brand. And so I cultivated that following by taking people on the journey. Like I literally, I literally had a post on Facebook where I said, I need $8,000. I wish I could put my bills on pause so that I could just take this $8,000 to put into this new idea that I have. And then every step of the way, I updated them on what was happening oh, I'm coming up with this, or I post sketches of the designs. And I went to Egypt to research more about Egyptian culture because on our decks of cards, it's Egyptian imagery. And so I'm showing people me going to Egypt. And even before I went to Egypt, I said, I'm going to Egypt next month. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it, but I'm giving you a front row seat. (laughs) Like I literally said that. And so um, when you take people on a journey, as you build these brands, they feel more invested in the brand because they feel like they're a part of the brand. And so when you need something, you just ask and you'll be surprised how many people will pour into what it is that you create. And if you're not the type of person like, I don't want to ask for help. Well, if you've been showing people the journey for the months, now you finally have a product, they've been cheering you on and they're happy to see that product and then they're happy to spend that money with you. 
So that's why I was saying that it's not necessarily about the number of followers. Of course, if you have 100,000 followers, it's much easier. But if you have your following and you engage your following and you take them on a journey, it'll do a whole lot for your business. You bet. And, and like you said, it's there. It's accessible. Uh, you, you just have to learn about it and, and find a way to implement that. But it starts with your vision. You know, it starts with saying, here's where I'm going to go. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to be there. Not sure how I'm going to get there yet, (laughs) but, but I'm going along the way. And so when you have that vision, uh, and you can create that engagement, uh, it does make it possible. And those angels do appear. They really do. But they don't appear to you if you're just sitting on your couch. Yeah, you have to jump off the log. <laughs> you, you do. You have to jump off the log. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back and talk about you and, and your life journey um, when we come back. So don't go away. We'll be right back. As we go through this year of the pandemic, many of us thought that would only be maybe a few weeks, maybe a month. But now that it's gone on for months people are realizing that maybe we're not going to be doing business the way we used to. Maybe business has changed forever. Whole workforces have pivoted to working from home. Schools closed, businesses closed, live events canceled. COVID-19 has pretty much turned our daily lives upside down. Dealing with a global pandemic has also made us rethink how we do everything. Schooling our children to serving customers, it's difficult. Any kind of change is difficult. But when you add to that all the uncertainty that comes with an unpredictable virus, a virus that could be fatal, it's no wonder that folks are feeling a bit stressed these days. So if you are feeling stressed right now, it's okay. You're normal. What you need to know is that you're not alone. Most everybody today is feeling the stress of the situation. Maybe in different ways, maybe with different circumstances, but believe me, everyone has been affected. It's okay not to be okay right now. You are allowed to take time for you to regroup and to recharge. I think there are some aspects of what we've found from working remote that are good, that we've learned to use different technology. We've learned new ways to stay in contact with each other and with our clients. And I think even when things do get back to normal, whatever normal may be, that we'll find that some of these aspects of technology and video conferencing, online learning, all of those things will be carried forward into the new way of doing business. Remember, in times of chaos, there is always an opportunity. And we're back. You're listening to Everybody's Business, the podcast from the National Entrepreneur Center. We're talking with E. Mackey this morning, and and we're going to put you on the spot now. I'm going to I'm going to hear about you. Uh, where'd you grow up? So I grew up between Miami and a small town outside of Tallahassee called Monticello, Florida. I, I know where that is. You know what Monticello is? I, I do. I do. And so uh, I, I've blown past there on my way to somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So what did, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, when I was younger, I always wanted to be, um, I was torn between wanting to be an engineer. Like I wanted to build the robots that they sent to space or that they sent to the, into dangerous situations. And I also wanted to be a professional baseball player. So growing up, that was all I wanted to do was play baseball and just create things. Sure. What position did you play? I was kind of versatile. So um, depending on the team, I was pitching, uh, shortstop, third base, left field. But as I got older and like more competitive, I pitched and played left field. Sure. I was a catcher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, one, I, kept, I, caught, I caught my senior year. My coach came to me and said, listen, you're captain of the team. We don't have a catcher. You got to step up. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh man, knees for this coach. <laughs> exactly. I, I was not the best catcher, but yeah, I was like, I think I need, I'd be better suited somewhere else on the field. I, I think they uh, put me back there to say you got to pay attention to every pitch, <laughs> <laughs> or, or you're going to get beaned. Yeah. Uh, what were your hobbies growing up? 
other other than baseball? So I just broke all my toys and yeah. made other things out of them. Uh, so yeah, it was taking apart my toys to create different things and then um, drawing. So yeah. I drew and broke. And, and it was to the point that <laughs> it's so funny. When I would get in trouble, my punishment was that I had to go outside to play. Because my mom <laughs> she tried that go to your room thing. And I was like, okay. And then when she realized that didn't work, she literally would say, I want every single pencil, pen, marker, anything that can write. Give me all the paper that you have and go outside and play. That was how she punished me. And I cried. I was like, I don't want to go outside. I don't want to go to the gym. She told me, go outside and don't come back inside until the streetlight came on. So that was my punishment. I had to go out. She wouldn't allow me to be creative. So, yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you was just to create. Did you have a, a role model in your life that uh, kind of put you on the, the right path? Um, I'd say that uh, my uncles, I looked up to my uncles like brothers. Um, so my uncles were kind of role models. And then my grandmother was just, man, but she's a grandma. So you could imagine, right? You bet. She, I think she, where everybody else saw like a problem child or hyperactive or whatever, she saw brilliance and she would always say, you're going to be somebody one day. You're going to be big one day. And I was like, what does that mean? I thought she was saying I was going to be fat. I, I, was, <laughs> I was like, I, I didn't really understand. And she just kept, kept like, she just kept reinforcing that until like I started to believe it. And so I'd say between my grandmother and like my uncles, maybe might've been my, uh, you know, my influences. And sometimes we need those people to call that out of us. Uh, to to see that in us that we won't see in ourselves, especially uh, as children. Though. Oh yeah, children, you need that. I think when you when you're being labeled as hyperactive and super talkative and a discipline problem, not not that I was called any of those things. No, I got called enough of that for the both of us. <laughs> <laughs> but I was never called an entrepreneur, which was the right label. Uh, yes, yes, that's interesting. I I actually was listening to a podcast or something one time when they were talking about that and they say, you know, in schools, you have the infrastructure to identify brilliance in like, you know, in other areas other than entrepreneurship. So you have IB programs and honors programs that identify the most, the smartest, most talented students academically. You have athletic programs to identify the most brilliant athletically, but you don't have any infrastructure at all built in to identify and nurture the entrepreneurs that go to school. And a lot of times that entrepreneurial like spirit gets trained out of us. Right. So I was like, wow, yeah, that is so true. There's nothing. They, yeah. they, don't, they never, what do you want to be when you grow up? A police officer, a fireman, a doctor, a lawyer. They don't even, they don't even say entrepreneur. No, no. It's never even spoken. And, and now it's, it's uh, starting to come into the conversation. Uh, I, I talk about Orlando uh, forming the National Entrepreneur Center. They formed it 17 years ago before entrepreneurship was cool. And, and now that, that people see that as being cool, uh, they come and visit us from all over the country. And I say, you know, this was uh, a vision of our community to recognize uh, the importance of being uh, an entrepreneur and the importance of that on the community. Uh, but they did that way before it was cool. And so now, uh, as people are starting to have that conversation, uh, it's, it's good that we've been here for 17 years now nurturing that. Uh, and, and that's one of the issues of, of getting that into the school system to say, that's not a problem child. That's someone that had a better idea and, and just wanted to share it. And that doesn't mean they're all good ideas, which my wife reminds me of regularly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you could, what worries you the most? What keeps you up at night? Um, I'm usually up working. <laughs> <laughs> regularly, right. Yeah, yeah. So Sleep is an option. It's probably Photoshop or something. <laughs> this is probably what's keeping me up at night. Um, I, I don't really worry too much about too many things if, if I can. Um, a, a few years ago, there was an entrepreneur, actually. Um, you know, at Florida State, we have market days where um, sure. people come out and set up a vendor table. And there was this girl 
or this woman um, that would come out and set up a table. She did handmade custom jewelry. And um, I thought she was cute. So I would always go to the table to like flirt with her and, con and converse. And so she was always so bubbly and so nice. And this one day she kind of had a frown on her face and I was like, what's going on? You don't seem as bubbly and cheerful. Are you having a bad day? And so she looked at me and she said, no, I don't have bad days. I have bad moments. And I was like, whoa. When she said that, it like restructured my mind. And I was like, I have the ability to dictate whether my day is a bad day or not. I can't always, I can't always control the things that come my way, but I have control over if I let them resonate, if I let them come with me, if I carry it. And so I try not to carry anything. There are things that annoy the crap out of me. I can't lie. And I'm very vocal about them, but I'm vocal about it and it's done. So I, I don't really let too much bother me um, to the point that I'm staying up at night. That makes sense. It does. It does. Absolutely. Bad moments and just keep going forward. I don't have a bad day. I have bad moments. You know, that's, that's a, an aha moment right there. It really was. It really was. Uh, before you go, I want to be a good steward of your time. Uh, let me get a rapid response Rand, in here. What's your favorite color? Uh, gray, charcoal gray. Charcoal gray. What's your favorite movie? Uh, Inception. Coffee or tea drinker? Tea. Would you say you're an introvert or an extrovert? Uh, a little bit of both. Favorite meal? Uh, steak and shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite cartoon character? Oh, favorite cartoon character. Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> we'll come back to that one. What, what would you do? What do you like to do if you're not working? Work. Because <laughs> you do what you love, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, would you rather give a speech or plan the event? Oh, man. Plan the event, but I'm probably going to plan the part where I can speak. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Final remarks. <laughs> uh, would you rather play an instrument or have to sing? Play the instrument, but yes, for everybody's sake. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So once again, how would someone get a hold of Emacy if they're interested in in finding out more about what you do? Um, if you're interested in finding out more about what I do, you can visit my Instagram page, which is Emacy Creates, and Mackey spelled M-A-C-K-E-Y. But that's probably the best way. It's the most current, most updated. It's links to other stuff if you need to find it. But that's the best way. And that's the best way to stay up on everything that's happening from E. Mackey is to visit his Instagram page. Uh, we appreciate the time that you've given us and we appreciate the, the knowledge you dropped here today. So thanks for your time and, and best of luck in the future. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back with some final thoughts. If you have a business question that you would like to have answered, or if you would like to suggest a topic for discussion, we would love to hear from you. Just email jerry at hello at nationalec.org. That is hello at nationalec.org. What an inspiring conversation that we just had. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just learned all, so much already. I mean, very interesting guy. Very interesting guy and, and great perspective. You know, uh, hearing about his perspective on uh, on the social justice issues that, that popped up this summer, but not just for uh, the black community, but for, you know, the women's movement, uh, for the, the LGBTQ community uh, and how that uh, affected him. Uh, I am, I'm going to go online and, and, and see if I can't get a hold of his book because it just sounds fascinating to me. Oh yeah. I liked his comment about we're not hateful. We're just ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that stuck with me. I mean, it may be hard to swallow, but I think that's something that we can all touch on. It, it, I think it's true. And, and, uh, you know, I mentioned this has spurred me to learn more and, and there are things that I read and think I, I had no idea. I was ignorant of that. Yeah. I mean, just being self-aware is really important. I mean, I think that's usually one of the main steps that, you know, to any kind of movement, it's just awareness, but we also have to take, you know, reflect on our own, you know, what we're doing and what we're not doing. Well, and, and, um, and the way he explained, uh, 
that dawning of, of understanding and then, <laughs> yeah. and then feeling that guilt that, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I was, uh, I was a part of that or maybe an unwitting, uh, participant, but a participant nonetheless. And so, uh, that's another testament for lifelong learning for sure. Yep. I uh, agree. But also a true picture of an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. I'm, I'm going to be connected with him. Uh, I'm going to, uh, seek him out, uh, in the future. I'm sure. Uh, to keep up with him and see what he's doing because I think he's doing some exciting stuff. Always on the move. <laughs> always on the move. He's always that's, on the move. I see that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing. And so uh, don't you move. Uh, we'll be here every week for you uh, talking about the business topics that you want to talk about. So don't be a stranger. Come back. Be one of those followers. Like us on on our Facebook page. Uh Connect with our online learning platform, uh, but be a, a fervent listener and a fan of everybody's business because we are a fan of you. Remember, this is life. It's not a dress rehearsal. So make the most of it. And we'll see you next week.